It's about to go down with Mark and Kathy, a live coaching show about dropping ideas. Mark and Kathy coach and have conversations with brilliant idea creators who are reimagining the world through the expression of their words, thoughts, and actions. Hey, everybody, I'm Kathy Armias. And I am Mark Williams, and it is about to go down. And hold up, wait a minute. You got to understand this, right? Because we've got an exciting, super amazing, awesome person joining us today. Her name is Lauren Johnson. She is a mental performance coach and speaker. She is ready. Let me, can, can I tell you? That she is ready for the TED stage because not only tell us, Mark. (laughs) Rewind. She is ready for the TED stage. People have heard her speak about her ideas and have said, "Lauren, when are you going to be on a TED stage?" So we are going to talk today, Lauren, with you, and 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 everybody's going to jump in on this and feel this fire and this energy as we talk about an area where you have a lot of expertise in. We, well, I just said that you are a mental performance coach. And in the area of mental performance, you have shared with us that there are so many different gray areas. But the idea that you have, that you're bringing to all of us today, is that in this space of mental performance, where there are so many different gray areas, productive is greater than positive. Tell us a little bit about this idea that is getting ready for the TED stage, and we're so excited that you are ready for the TED stage. Tell us a little bit more about productive being greater than positive, and why you even care to talk about this topic. Oh my gosh. Well, first of all, I just need to bring you guys everywhere I go. I need a hype man and a woman like two of you. Holy, I am just jazzed over here. So, uh, and, and I love the question you just asked because in our, in, and I'll tell you where I, where this question even came to be. I had graduated from my master's degree in performance psychology. And when I graduated, I had this idea. I came to believe that the answer was positivity and the problem was negativity. Mm-hmm. And then here we, here we are in the real world of applying these mental skills. And I can't even get rid of my own negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, I started to think, am I doing this wrong? Am I mental coaching wrong? Like, am I missing something? Because if negativity is the problem and my goal is to help people to be more positive, then why can't I help myself and get rid of these negative thoughts? And that's when I realized there was a gray area that I had missed. Mm. And it was this idea that positivity was secondary to productivity. Mm. So let me explain. False positivity is like putting perfume on a bad smell. It doesn't work. (laughs) It doesn't make the smell go away, right? And so it's very unproductive to just throw a a false false positive on a negative situation. But it's productive to find the good in the bad. 
You're not ignoring the bad of your situation. You're not ignoring that maybe your situation is not ideal, but you're choosing to look at it from a different lens. And one of the biggest predictors of success is your ability to find the opportunity in the struggle. Mm. So that's where productivity lies for positivity. But the same, the same is with negativity. Negativity gets a bad rap, right? Everybody's like, oh, well, don't be so negative all the time. Oh, don't think negatively. Well, thanks, Susie. But uh, if negative, if just not being negative worked, then I, I like, I would have solved the world world's problems by now, right? And by the way, no offense to any Susies out there. It's the first name that just came to mind. But, <laughs> but the difference between productive negativity and unproductive negativity is this. It's unproductive to just be negative, to just choose to be negative. It's productive to recognize the negative Mm. of your situation because ignoring negative, the negative parts of your situation is like ignoring that there's an accident five miles ahead and the road is closed. If we ignore that information, if we ignore the negative aspects of our situation, then we can possibly be in a lot more traffic than we, than we would have been if we have known ahead of time and were able to plan our detour. Mm. And so positivity isn't always productive and negativity isn't always productive. Wisdom is knowing the difference. Yeah. I love that line. Wisdom is knowing that I love that line. You know, not to throw us off on a left hand turn here. But I walked into a walked into a Thai restaurant just a couple of weeks ago, and they had a sign up, and it said that said, uh, "Knowledge is knowing that tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad." So same kind of thing, right? Uh, I love that. <laughs> right, but it's like it's exactly what you're saying, though, Lauren. Right? It's like yes. it's like you call it, you know, you're calling it what it is, but you know, you have to add the wisdom to it. I love so much of what you said. And Lauren, I'm super excited. You're the first person to be on our show that we're actually going to have like a conversation about a very specific type of talk. We're not just generally talking to you about your idea with, which is what we do with so many people. We're specifically talking to you about how you get this idea onto the TED stage. And so I'm really excited to have this like very, uh, very pointed, very concentrated talk. So the first thing that I'm going to ask you, you know, being a TED coach and coaching so many people, and I have coached so many people, Lauren, where like, they've already been asked to give a TED talk. And then they come to me and they said, Oh, well, I've, I've been asked to give a TED talk about this. And we still take like six weeks to, to, you know, to pare it down to something um, that's unique to you. Um, that sounds different to everybody else's brain, even though it could be, it could be something that everybody else has already talked about or something like that. So the first place I'm going to start in is that I want to pick at that for a second, just so that we can really, you've said a lot of great things, but I want to make sure that we're not replicating something that somebody else said and not by, not by your words, because I've already heard you talk, Lauren, you're, you are definitely fire. (laughs) You are definitely fire. You know what you're doing. But also that's my job, right? That's Mark's job. Like we want to, we want to make sure when you stand on a TED stage, you, that we have considered everything. It's kind of like buying a house, right? You go and look at the first house and you're like, oh my God, I love this house. And then, and then when you actually do buy the house that you got, you're like, oh, thank God I didn't buy that first house. (laughs) Right. 
So let's start with that. Um, saying that productivity is, you know, I love this too. You kind of preface this whole thing of like, you know, you thought the answer was positivity and, you know, the problem was negativity. And I, already you, you already had my brain like getting attached to this as a concept because um, you, you made this a little bit more of a fluid concept, if you will, I think. Um, but I want to put some challenges to it really quick. Mm -hmm. um, who else is talking about productivity? Like, is there anything else you've heard? Like, I just want to test that for a second. And yeah. what, have you seen any Ted talks? Like that, that would be the first thing I would ask. I would be looking it up already, you know, mm -hmm. and being going, who's, who's already talked about productivity and in, and in what angle and stuff. So let's chat about that for a second. Yeah, no, uh, I, I, well, I have to tell you, and I haven't looked for it. So um, the answer is I haven't seen it. I would say that I, and I've never heard it. Granted, I'm not saying it's not there. I, I sincerely have not checked. The closest to it that I've seen is uh, Trevor Moad talks about neutral thinking, but it is a slightly mm. different way of talking mm -hmm. about it. So he talks about taking the emotion out of the way that we think. So instead of charging it as this is a positive thought or a negative thought, this is just a thought. So it's more of a neutral stance on thoughts. So it is a little bit different. I still talk about productivity. So it does give it some sort of charge in terms of negative or positive. Like this is a productive thought. This works or this doesn't work, or this is beneficial. This is not beneficial where Trevor talks about neutralizing your thoughts to just what is without giving it any sort of meaning, but just taking it as this is a neutral position. Yeah, that is a totally different angle. And so I'm glad that you described that. That is a totally different angle. And, and that would be one of those spaces where I'm like, cool, I love that you're talking about something that you've kind of, you know, kind of created. I think that uh, there's, you could take the same topic, Lauren, and a hundred thousand people could be talking about it a hundred thousand ways. Mm -hmm. But our job right now is to go like, go, okay, what's that like? what's that thing that we're going to, you know, if we did a really quick timeline and we said, you know, here's the core of, of an idea that's worthy of being on a Ted, Ted stage. Cause it's challenging the way that we think, act or feel. Um, well, ultimately, what do we want to close with? What do you want people to do with that idea? That would be the first question I ask you. Let me finish it first. And then we'll kind of, we can walk through it. I, I would say, okay, how, what do you want people to do with that idea? And then once we know that, I would be taking you to the opening and going, okay, well, since we know what, what, what we want them to walk away with and change, um, we, we already know that we have to kind of challenge their thinking at the beginning. And then, and then kind of in the middle, it's like, how do we support that? Um, how do we support that idea and that opening and that close? And then the biggest thing that's always like un underutilized is like catchphrases. Uh, you already met the way that you describe your ideas already catchphrase you know, productivity mm -hmm. is greater than positivity. I love that. That's like a great, even if it doesn't end up being the idea, because sometimes that can happen too, Lauren, where we could like switch it and go, okay, well, the idea became something else like elevated and, and, but that became like a supporting point to, mm -hmm. to, a, to the idea. So tell me this, Lauren, uh, answer this. What would you just general public, not people that you work with somebody who hears your Ted talk a year from now and they listen to it. What do you want them to do with that? I want them to understand the impact of their thinking. Mm. Mm. Because when I think about productive, what I'm really talking about is the impact of your thoughts. Mm. Mm -hmm. is, is it impacting you in a way that it's moving you forward, 
keeping you where you are or pushing you backwards. Mm. And so it's not necessarily saying this is a good or bad thought, because I will tell you, sometimes for me, it's more productive to be like, Warren, you're better than that. And that wouldn't work for everybody. And so I think part of it is knowing yourself well enough to know what thoughts impact you in a negative direction Mm. and in a forward direction. Boom. Productivity. Yeah. That was powerful. I got to say, because as you said, I want them to understand the impact of their thinking. For me, that was one level of it. But when you said you want us to know which thoughts put us in that positive space or which thoughts put us in that negative space, that was such a Mm. tangible thing. that I think people can really walk with, walk away with. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something, I I don't know if you agree, Kathy, but that's something I would really want, uh, I would encourage you to make sure as a part of the talk. Mm, Okay. Uh, It's good good feedback because I, I do think, and I think this is the part of mental performance I really love, is that everybody's different. Yeah. So what's productive for me may not be productive for you. Yeah. Unproductive for you may not be unproductive for me. And so that's why I think it becomes so personal in understanding ourselves and how our thoughts interact with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that, Lauren. I, I think sometimes too, you know, uh, you know, one thing about being on a Ted stage is like having this, uh, idea and it's a really good idea. One of the first things I'm going to ask you out of the gate, what's a really good story that you have that you know of either somebody, maybe you've coached or something that you know of that could really give this example of, of that. Cause if you want us to think that way at the end, like what's a really good example of that. Mm. You know, what comes to mind and this is, uh, has a lot to do with almost our interpretation. So this is almost another level of this. It's, it's the meaning we attach to our lives. And I think the interesting thing about the world is that the world doesn't come with meaning. That's the cool thing that humans bring is that a handshake is just a handshake to the world, but to humans, that may be a hello, an introduction Mm. saying, I love you is just the words. I love you. But as humans, that means something. Mm. And I think at a young age, I had to learn how to create the right meaning. When I was 15, my best friend took her own life mm-hmm. and it knocked me down. Probably, I mean, to this day, one of the hardest things I've ever been through. Mm. And I remember the meaning, what, what weight that carried for me and the meaning that was attached at the very beginning when that happened. And I will tell you right now, the meaning it carries today is totally different. Mm-hmm. It's not productive for me to sit there and think about what should be. Mm-hmm. Trust me, if I could bring her back, I would. But the reality is, is that I can't. And so mm-hmm. what meaning can I create that actually propels me forward? And that mm-hmm. meaning is the fact that Amber's loss actually taught me the true meaning of life. Mm-hmm. And I'm so thankful for that. She taught me what it meant to live because I learned what was most important. And so I think that part of productivity 
is learning the benefit of the language that we, we use for ourselves and the, the language that we attach and the meaning that we attach to not only maybe past circumstances or difficult circumstances, but things that we are in currently. And so I think that that is a huge advantage, especially when it comes to being resilient. Because like I said before, is that realistic is not the opposite of positive. And I think a lot of times we go, we gotta be realistic. We think we immediately attach negative to that or a negative or like being harsh. And I don't think it always has to be that. A lot of times mental performance, what it is, is it's accepting your reality, not having to like it, not saying you're accepting defeat, but you're saying this is, this is what is. And what it allows us to do is then choose how we're going to move within it. And so I think that what this idea of productivity gives us is this ability to choose within circumstances that maybe we can't. Hey, Lauren, I'd love to, I'd love to explore your mental library a little bit further based on Kathy's question, right? Because you may have found a golden nugget in Amber's story. But I'm always of the belief, let's not settle on one story until we've explored maybe a few others and mm-hmm. see like, you know, maybe we'll tell multiple stories. Maybe we'll put this one. Uh, Kathy, don't you love it? When, when you take like, you get a big whiteboard and all these post-its and you're putting them all around and you're like, yeah. which, you're one like which one's going to go first? Which one comes yeah. last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've told us Amber's story in terms of attaching meaning right to our lives what's another example who's that person who's that face who's that voice that comes to mind that also makes you think about this message well you know another another idea that or thought that comes to mind here um is actually a time when man it was probably it was right after i graduated from my master's program And I had two job offers on the table. And so I had to choose one and I turned down the other. The one I chose though, there was this catch to it. It was going to take six months to be placed. And I realized that like, you know, I was like, you know what? That's okay. I get like another six months before entering the real world. Well, six months goes by and I don't hear anything. So I reach out and I get this email in in response that said, we're sorry the job is no longer available. Hmm. So here I am graduating and on cloud nine and six months later, like I got nothing. And so I reached out to everybody I knew and I kept hearing the same response. Lauren, you need experience. You need experience, which is like a grad student's like worst, <laughs> worst piece of feedback, right? Uh, and so I decided, you know, at the time I, re- I reached out to everybody I knew and there just wasn't anything available. So I got a job at Starbucks. And there's this one day in the Starbucks drive-thru that changed my entire life. Mm. I'm sitting in the drive-thru and this guy comes up and in my, when you're working the drive-thru, your job is to entertain the customer. So we're chatting and he goes, so um, are you in school right now? Which was a fair question. Most people were, but he said, no, actually I just finished uh, my degree. He said, great. What'd you get your degree in? And I proudly told him performance psychology. And he just starts laughing like full on belly laughing. And I am, you guys know me by now. I'm pretty direct. And so I was so confused. I finally asked him, I said, what's so funny? And he goes, you got one of those degrees you'll never use. Oh, jeez. And I was so upset 
that I had to walk away. I couldn't even hand him his drink. And then I kept replaying this over and over and over again in my mind. And I kept getting more upset. And then I was mad because I was mad because like, this guy doesn't matter. Why are you giving him so much power over you? And that's when I realized I wasn't mad because he was rude. I was mad because he was right. Mm. The one thing that I went to school for was to teach people how to continue when times are difficult, when things don't go your way. And how the heck was I going to become the best version of me in order to help others if I couldn't take my own dang advice? And so that was the day that I actually Googled how to start your own consulting company. And I started my own consulting company. And a year later, I got a job or an opportunity to interview with the Yankees and I got the job. And it was from that moment, from taking this statement that was negative, that was seemingly unproductive and choosing to look at it a little bit further and go, why did that trigger me the way that it did? And I was able to find the benefit. I was able to find the opportunity and the struggle because oftentimes when we get upset, when we get triggered by something negative, somebody says, it rarely has anything to do with them. And it often has something to do with how we feel about what they said. And it had to do with me. I, he shined a light on this part of my life that I wasn't willing to look at in the moment. And so I was so thankful for that but it was because I was able to turn that negative into this positive or into this productive thought that, you know what, you're not, if you only act when times are good, you're not going to get very far. Mm. If you turn around at your first sign of discomfort, you're not going to get very far. And so that is exactly the statement, the productivity that actually helped me to get to that next level, to be able to actually earn a job with the Yankees. Oh, I love that story. I absolutely love that story. Like for me, went right to, to opening story kind of thing. I, I, th- I think too, because a lot of people can relate to somebody in their life telling them something like that, whether that be a teacher, unfortunately. I, I mean, we talked, we talked to, to one of uh, the, the uh, women that we've had on our show, Beach Pace, her guidance counselor told her that she couldn't go to West Point. It's like, you're, you have one job. <laughs> you're not doing your job. So we can all relate, right, to these, like, we can all relate to stories like that. And I think that, uh, I love this. I love this story, Lauren. Of course, my brain is like immediately in this space. I'm always like, when I'm listening to somebody, Lauren, I'm always like, okay, where do I put that? What does that lead into? And, you know, one of the things that, that I thought would be really cool to do in this space is once you say the line, uh, don't talk about yourself anymore, turn it back to the audience, because we don't want you to be the hero of that story. We want that to be the trigger point for why this idea came up. And so I would cut it. I would cut it. I mean, you could maybe say that you like, I think you could end that. Like you got, you started. So I started a consultancy. I could see that getting a really big laugh. Like, right. You can't get a job and become a consultant. Right. 
and then you know and 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 you know you you could even cut it there like like some of the, you know, that's one big thing that you always have to, there's always that thing that you're always balancing when you're, especially when you're giving like a Ted talk, what is really beneficial for people to hear and what isn't, you know, you could even cut it there. Like, does it matter that you got a job at the Yankees? Maybe, maybe not depending on what comes after it, but I would quickly flip it to the audience and be like, you know, that's one of those chance. That's one of those things where like, you know, he was helping me get on a line, a path of productivity as opposed to positivity. I mean, he did it in a really freaking rude way, but like, <laughs> but boy, did he shine the light on those, on oh. those, you know, like, like accident ahead signs and said, like, yeah. like he, he said something that I wasn't willing to really hear from really anybody else. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. And I love that feedback that you just gave me about like when to cut it off, when to turn it back to the, to the audience and make them the hero. I just, I love that. I'm like, I'm taking like mental notes of this as <laughs> yeah yeah no i i think i just think too like uh too many people a, a lot of people think that you know many times people will tell other people like oh you have a really good idea you should give a ted talk and, and so many times people will come uh to mark and i and they'll be like oh yeah i have this idea and then they think that the story is the idea they they miscalculate mm -hmm. and think that the story is the idea and it's not um, if you listen to any good Ted talk, it'll have a really good story, but the, but the idea has to involve the audience. Mm -hmm. So the quicker that we can get the idea to the audience and make them go, Oh, Lauren's story was amazing. And that happened to me. And like, Oh, you know what? She's right. Like, and so you you're like challenging, like right out of the gate. If that, if that became the opening story, Lauren, right out of the gate, what I would want you to do is challenge people with that. How many times have we, like, you might say something like how many times have we heard something that we were mad at? Like, we did not want to hear. We did not like that challenge, but here's the question that we should probably ask ourselves. Is it, was it rude or was it right? Like, I love that. Like you might even say yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, Kathy right there. That's a great question to ask. It, that's a good, that's a good way to like involve the audience immediately. Cause you can immediately put it back on them. Have you ever heard something like that? And then ask, re-ask the question. And I, and I think the setup is good. Even like now I'm getting really specific on like, like if we, this were to be like the opening story, but even saying like, you know, you first set it up by saying you thought that he was rude, but he was actually right. Then you, when you, when you turn it to the audience, you can ask them, have you ever had anybody had, you know, challenge you with something that you don't want to hear? were they rude or were they right? You know? Mm -hmm. So it becomes more powerful. So true. Yeah. I love, yeah. Um, Cause I was just going to chime in and just say, when you said it was funny, cause Kathy, a few moments said, what well, what he said was rude, but it was, it was when you told the story that when you pause and we don't always talk about delivery, but when you get to that point in the story and you pause, and you say he wasn't rude. He was right. I know. We were like, like, like Mark and I's face. We were like, whoa. <laughs> I go, oh, I got my mic here. That's one of those moments, right? <laughs> Love that you have that just like ready to go. It's ready to go. I don't have to, I don't use it often, but it's right there. Right. Like, so it's ready to go. That was a mic drop moment, you know, I, and, you know, I'm glad that we are talking a little bit about delivery right now. And you're right, Mark, we don't normally, but Lauren, I think that, th that 
even some of the things that we're telling you right now will help you construct this idea because the way that you deliver it is everything. The idea is critical, of course, but mm -hmm. you could say, for instance, so I'm going to give you two, two really quick routes, right? Let's say like, I watched a guy one time that said that, that gave one of those demonstration talks where he talked about tying your shoes. Um, and he said that most people are tying them incorrectly. And I, I was one of those people and, you know, then I play soccer a lot. So I was like, Ooh, that's why my shoes always come untied, but he just gave a demo talk. And so imagine that he was giving this talk and he's like, yeah, you know, cause he opened, I never forgot his opening story. He said, you know, in my 50 something years on this earth, the one thing that I thought I knew really well is how to tie my shoes. Turns out I was wrong, you know, but he could have kept going that route and just everything could have been about him, about him, about him. And so anytime we have an idea, we could say, yeah, you know, this, this, you know, knowing this idea has saved me so much money and shoes and blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. I mean, he could keep that theme going where it's all about him or he could do what he did do which was like turn it to the audience you know and, and say okay cool i have this I, this is where the idea was born because it's something that happened to me but here here's how i'm turning it over to you so i think even lauren thinking about how good your idea is but how to quickly like break through that invisible wall between you and the audience and be like here this is your idea i'm giving it to you mm. you know yes and that's hey, why i'm not Oh, sorry, Mark, one more thing. Cause I no, want no, no, you, no. I want you to answer this. Cause you're, you're really good at this one. I love, you are always like the king of, if I'm the queen of concept, you're the king of analogies. I, and I think she needs a bunch of analogies to throw um, at the audience to kind of support this. Cause so think about it. She's going to challenge the audience at first and go like, Hey, are people that are telling you this, are they rude or are they right? And she's getting ready to tee up this idea that she hasn't yet talked about. Um, and so she's going to drop it. And then I think she needs to quickly like give some analogies that will, that will work. Um, I want to think a little bit about the, the, the analogies. I mean, when you mentioned the traffic thing a little bit earlier, that jumped out at me. Yeah, so you may already totally. have some naturally in there. I'm wondering, Lauren, in talking about this idea as often as you have, because you seem to be someone who talks in metaphors and I've seen some of your other stuff and I know you talk in metaphors. What, what are some of the other metaphors that you tend to use when talking about this topic? It's mm. a great question. I mean, I know I talk about like the perfume on a bad smell for false, you know, a false positive. Um, and then obviously the recognizing the negative with the traffic signs. Um, yeah, I, I have to think a little bit more about that one. I, I don't know if I use any other analogies with that one in particular. I have a ton of analogies, but it, it, it does tend to trend in some of the other areas. Hey, Lauren, we, you and I talked once, I can't remember this one because it was a while ago. Mm -hmm. Was it something about a mountain? Um, yes, we, but that was, we were talking about like sustaining excellence and I talked about- yes. Yeah, how the goal is to never finish the climb, but to master the one directly in front of you. Mm. All the while knowing when you get to the top, it's going to reveal more mountains that it doesn't get oh, yeah. easier, you just get better. See, all right. so that one doesn't relate, but you, you've got some metaphors. There. I got some. <laughs> well, Lauren, like, okay, this just made me pop in my head too. Do you guys know the story or the parable of the Chinese farmer? Mm -mm. This is one where like, I'll, 
I'm going to botch it a little bit. So just like, just, you'll get the gist. It's, it's supposed to be like this Chinese farmer, you know, he has, he has a bunch of horses and one day all one of the horses run away and all of his neighbors are like, Oh, that's really bad luck. And he's like, well, is it? And then, you know, the next day the, the, the horse comes back and brings like three other horses with them. And they're like, all oh, the neighbors are like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's such good luck. This is great. And he's like, is it like it could be or it couldn't be and then you know because the horses were wild you know his son was trying to tame one of them and and he fell off and broke his leg and they're like oh that's bad luck and he's like but is it and then the next day the people come through the town and they're trying to take people you know kids away to go off to the to fight the war and because his leg is broken and so he basically says you know life is a series of, of things and like uh, it kind of leads a lot to what you say, Lauren, of like, you know, you attach meaning or something that appears to be good could be bad. Something that appears to be bad could be good. I mean, that's another thing that I think you could really look into, Lauren. And this would always be my suggestion is like, definitely, especially because you have a degree in this is like, find the psychology of what the, I would find the psychology of that meaning thing that you talked about. What is like the deep, like what's that trivia piece of information that we need to know about? Why do we attach meaning to, meaning to thing? And what you, we can't even talk about one plus one equal equaling two. Uh, Cause what, like, like you said before, Lauren, something that you think is positive, I might think is completely negative. So we can't even, we can't even agree sometimes on what is actually positive and negative, but you already alluded to that. So I think that you also maybe need to um, have some kind of great supporting evidence for that as well of like that whole area of how we apply, you know, attach meaning to things. Yeah. Because hey, I think, Oh, sorry, Mark, one more sorry. thought. And then, and then I'll let oh, you go. go sorry. Don't my, my mind is burning. Yeah, I know God. mine too. I was like, Oh, I just, the thing I wanted to tell her, I know we're like ready to spark some things at you. This is where it gets fun. It's like, you things start coming <laughs> together and then you're like, Oh, I'm so excited. I, well, the, so the thing I was thinking, Lauren is like, I think your biggest benefit to every single person that listens to this, no matter who they are, no matter what country they live in, no matter, you know, how old they are, no matter where they are in their career or life is like, is like have productive thoughts and productive thoughts are things that produce some kind of outcome for you, you know? And so I think many people apply, a, attach a meaning to their, even to the word productivity, that productivity means to get stuff done, check things off your list. That's not what you're talking about. So mm -hmm. the gift that you really can give to the audience, I think is really giving them an analogy or making them understand that they need to uh, do productive things in their life um, using this negative, you know, kind of negative realism area to positive or false positive area. And so I think there's a, I think you have an opportunity for a great piece of uh, trivia. We always love that in Ted talks of oh, like, yeah. what's the science behind that? Yeah, no, I love that because I, I think about, um, I think about actually this now I found an analogy because I think that appear, things that appear one way can appear a different way, like you're saying. And so actually Jeep did this campaign back in 2013 called see what you want to see. Mm, yeah. And <laughs> one way yep. the picture looks like a deer flip the yeah. other way. It looks like a seal. The image didn't change. Our perspectives did. Yeah. Yep. And so it was super interesting because it's, it's, it lends to this idea that, you know, if you buy a new car, we'll just take again, a Jeep, for example. Yep. And suddenly you see that car 
everywhere. That is actually, you know, 2000 Jeeps didn't just sh- suddenly show up in your area, <laughs> but you notice them because you're, you primed your brain to notice them. Yeah. And so when we choose to notice the good in a bad situation, mm. we are more likely to see it because we are primed. We have primed our brain to look at it that way. And that's the research that I would love for you to find and to incorporate into the talk. Because as soon as you said that, the teacher in me was like, Lauren, how do you know that? How do you know? Yeah. Who did you read that? Who did you study? Who <laughs> <Right>? said that? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I think that's great. And I know exactly your sources. Yeah, I know exactly where to find it because I have actually talked on that multiple, multiple times. Yeah. Listen, I think, I think that's a great spot for the research part of the talk. I think that the, the Jeep part is, is quite, can be quite the visual, right, Kathy? Um, on stage, mm-hmm. I think that could be quite the visual, the, the deer and the seal. Um, I wanted to ask you something in terms of what you said earlier. You said, put the good on the bad. But I'd like to, I'm going to borrow a line from Kathy. I'd like to push back on you for for a moment on that one. Yeah. Put the good on the bad sounds like. I think I said find the good in the bad. Uh, Oh, look at that. Look at that guy. She's like, I'm going to push right back. (laughs) Okay, Mark. (laughs) But continue. Find, Find the good in the bad. Is that the same thing as putting a positive spin on something negative? And if not, how do you explain that it's different? Yes. So there's a difference between, like I said, the, the, when I think about looking at a bad situation. So if you're, for instance, uh, my parents were divorced when I was 10, that is a seemingly bad thing to happen. And to say that that wasn't a bad thing would be a bold faced lie. There are so many bad things that happened as a result of that. However, there is a choice that we get to make, which is how we view our situation. And I think it was Wayne Dyer that said, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Mm -hmm. And the way that I started to look at it was that, yes, my parents got divorced and that was hard to imagine my dad alone. That as a child brought me to tears more than I can even imagine. But the good thing was that there was no more fighting. Mm. Yeah. And that they both were happier separately than they were together. And so although there was a lot of turmoil, there was some good because in the house, there was a lot less chaos. There was a lot less anger. There was a lot less frustration. And so what it did was even though we were living separately, even though there was a lot of discomfort involved in that, there was a few things that were good as a result of it. And so what I'm saying is instead of focusing all of our energy and efforts on all the things that are bad is what are you going to focus on or what are you going to choose to focus on that might actually be good? And so it's not, it's, it's being able to look at both sides of the coin. 
it's not ignoring the bad side. It's not saying it's not there. It's not saying don't be sad by it. That's all part of life. But have you stopped and asked, what is, what's good about this? What can I gain from this? And so when we're able to do that, we're also able to shift our focus because we give power to what we focus on. And so if you're constantly focusing, like your focus is like a flashlight. If you shine your flashlight on all the bad things in your situation, that's what's going to illuminate. But if you shift your flashlight a little bit over and you go, okay, well, there are these things over here too. You're going to give power to those things and you're going to light them up. And so I think that it's more of, it doesn't mean that they don't exist. It's just choosing to focus on certain aspects of your situation. And so I know for me, there's a lot of bad I could focus on and a lot of the bad things that went on in my life, whether it was Amber, whether it was divorce, whether it was not getting that job, but what I choose to focus on is the good parts of that situation. And there only may be one, but that's the one that I'm going to choose to pay attention to. Well, Lauren, I would love for you to use your own uh, idea too, because I, you know, I, okay. I drew like a little Venn diagram and it's just, just to show you what I'm thinking about, right? <laughs> oh, I love it. It's just, it, it almost looks like it's ears on the side, but I think the bigger piece though is like, okay, is something, you know, is something bad is something good, but at the end, it's also like, I think the, the bigger thing that I'm seeing here, that's becoming more clear to me, Lauren, is that even though we went down this route where we're like, you, you had to kind of explain it to us again, which thank you for doing that. And, you know, talking it out loud will help us to get clear things out. I, I understand what you're saying more clearly now that you've explained mm-hmm. it again and again and again, which is like, okay, even in that like good situation could, could really have some bad things to them. Bad situations could be good. I, I, at the end of the day though, your idea is not the, those things. Those are tools to get to the big thing, which is, how do you have a productive thought or action or moment? I mean, I mean, I think you could even start branding it as that. Oh, like it's, a, it's a productive moment. It could be a productive act. It could be a productive thought. It could be a productive, uh, a productive, yeah, it could be a productive relationship. It could be like I, I, anything, right? Like yeah. it's like, it could be, you know, for instance, I know, I know of somebody who's seen a therapist right now that like swore their whole life that they would never go see a therapist. And like, so that could be a perceived really bad thing, but it doesn't matter. The thing is that that relationship has been very productive for this person right now. Very, you know, very productive. So yeah. th- that's my thought. Do you, does that make sense? You guys, totally. like, because I, I, I think the point that you're making and, and I want to go back to is when you said, like, when I mean finding the good and the bad, it's, it's the good for me is the thing that's productive for me. Yeah. Yes. It's not productive productive for me to look back and think, oh, this is my family should be together. That's not productive for me because the reality is, is they're never going to be together again. And Mm -hmm. guess what? That's okay. And so the more productive thing for me to think about is how happy they are and how much better off they are. They're actually friends now. (laughs) Yeah. They can actually Mm -hmm. coexist now. And they actually can live their lives in a better place. And so it's more productive for me to focus on that than to focus on the other aspect of the situation. And here's so I- where, here's where we're going to confuse people though. So I, I, I think this is where we need to take it. We need to quickly take it a level deeper. Mm-hmm. If, if this were to be on a, a TED stage, I think this thing that you're saying, uh, Lauren, had, I think a lot of people have talked about that. And so that, I don't think that that's like a, 
it feels like level one of your idea, but I think the depth in your idea goes Mm -hmm. a lot deeper than that. I think the depth is not even like painting it good or bad. The, the, the depth is that there's a way to do something that's productive and you're a mental, like we have to Mark, we can't forget for a second. What the hell she's a badass, And so we can't forget <laughs> what the hell she does for work. Just a second. Like yes. maybe we forgot. So I just want to remind us <laughs> that she's yes. a badass and what, and, and what, um, and what you do in your job. And this is so critical. And this is where Lauren, I think you have the opportunity to go 10 levels deeper than the rest of us. And I, and I challenge you to do that. Mm has taken push beyond all that. That's baby stuff. That's level one of like, I think being productive is your golden nugget. I do think it is your idea. I do. I understand um, whoever that was that said that you said had the the neutral thinking. It's, yeah. Yours is totally different because it's like actually like, how can I get something out of this situation, whether I'm an Olympic athlete and what I need to do is shave off one one hundredth of a second mm-hmm. from my time or I'm trying to get over a broken relationship or, or, you know, it doesn't matter. It's like, I I need to be productive. And sometimes it could be productive in a, people always think, and this is where it gets weird. And I think you need to go deeper and I I don't know the answer to it. So I'm going to explain to you what I mean. I think you need to go deeper than just leaving it pigeonholed in between just good and bad, negative, positive. I think you need to play this, uh, tease this out a little bit more Mm because there's so much more to it. Like you could have- you know what I mean? Yeah. I actually have a story that just popped up in my head. Okay. Awesome. Shoot. <laughs> I, I think that there's, there's this other level to it. And I, you know, I had somebody say this to me, they were like, Lauren, I, I did a mastermind this past week. And I talked to you guys a little bit about it. And mm-hmm. I somebody said, Lauren, you have a really good way of being both vulnerable and like tough when you need it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I like that. I'm like, Oh, thank you. It was a very good compliment in my opinion. And so there was a story that kind of, I think falls into this category. And this, this guy, he was a, he was a new draft pick uh, that we had just gotten at the Yankees and he was very young, uh, taken right out of high school. And he came up, uh, he came into my office after his first outing and he had a really bad first out, like really, really bad. And he said like, I'm struggling and I need your help. And I said, okay. So we started talking about the outing and he couldn't even remember what he did in the middle of his inning. And so I said, so what that tells me is that our self-awareness is low. And that's okay. At his age, I didn't have that kind of self-awareness. So I'm like, okay, we just need to work on this. So I gave him some journal exercises that were going to help him to gain some self-awareness. Well, later that day, we, or actually it was the next day he had thrown again and we, and I'm actually in line in the cafeteria at the Yankees. He's and the line's really long. He's all the way in the back and I'm towards the front. Mark, you know the story, which is why you're laughing. <laughs> uh, I'm in the front with some of our older guys. And he yells from the back of the line and goes, hey, Lauren. And I was like, what's going on? He goes, I did my journal exercises. And I was like, cool, great. That's awesome. And then he goes, ha, just kidding. Like in front of the entire cafeteria. And like my player next to me, he looks at me, he goes, you know how I know you're new <laughs> when you make jokes about journaling. <laughs> and I started, of course, I'm like, I'm like, okay, thank goodness. Like my, my guys, they all do it. So anyway, I, I, I kind of ignored it, but uh, I actually texted him a little bit later after I got back to my office and I said, Hey, don't worry about the journaling. And 
he runs back to my office, like within two minutes. And he goes, what do you mean? Like, why you don't want me to do the journal anymore? And I said, I don't think you understand. Mm. I am not your mother. I am not your teacher. I am not holding your hand. Whether or not you do the journal exercises doesn't change my life one bit. I said, giving you these exercises is for you to improve. And he goes, okay, well, I'll do them for you. And I said, no, do not do them if you're going to do it for me, because that's unproductive. Mm. If you want to improve yourself, if you want to take control of your pro career, I can't do that for you. You have to do it and you have to put in the work. So if you're going to do your exercises, they will only be productive if you do it for you. Mm. And he left. And for the next, that that whole year, I mean, I'm talking months. He sent me photos of his journals. He did his damn journal. Every day. (laughs) And let me tell you, by far one of our most improved players on the middle by far. And to this day, we're still in contact, like phenomenal human being. She's like, oh, I'm going to mic drop on you right now. Like you don't even know. (laughs) I love that story. The first time I heard it, I love that story again. It's absolutely amazing. And, and, And here's the word that resonates with me so much. And you said it, it's productive. And Kathy asked, how do you have a productive moment? And I think there's something real key in that question. I think there's something key in that phrase, productive moment. I think there's something key from that question and from everything you're teaching to give us something so incredibly tangible. And the reason why I asked you uh, earlier about that finding the good and the bad is because when Kathy said your idea is so much deeper than, you know, between positive and negative, we as people can get very caught up in the words good and bad. For us, the definition of good is positive. The definition of bad is negative. And so if you use the term find the good and the bad, I can't get past the fact yeah. that you're really talking about that. Yeah. You're talking about having a productive moment. When you were 10 years old, that was a productive moment. With this player, that was a productive moment. With Amber, that was a productive moment. So I think that's the key. So I I almost want you to get away from the words good and bad and positive and negative so that nobody gets lost in the confusion and we get right to to the core of what you're talking about. So Kathy, kudos for that question. How do you have a productive moment? And Lauren, kudos to you for illustrating through the stories, I think, what a productive moment is. Yeah. I think that's well, and I think I think when you sorry, Kathy, just I think that when you talk about productive moment, you know, my brain kind of like sparks something too. Is that like having a productive moment with that player had to do with what he needed, what he needed to hear versus what I wanted him to know. Yeah. Yep. And, but, and, you know, you said it before too, because I I think this is where you can do this idea disservice, or you can do it really good service. And and I would think a lot more on this, Lauren, but it's so much greater than that. That's why I said productive moment, productive action, production thought, productive thought, because I feel like 
your job as what you do and then our jobs as humans should be to create this kind of productivity. And the only time I think I really like the analogy is at the beginning when you're saying, you know, productivity is greater than positivity. But right. that's, I think at the very beginning when you're challenging something, because you're basically kind of, you look at the undertone of what this TED talk should be, Lauren. The first thing out of the gate should be like, hey, I have this idea. I think it's a really good idea because of this. And that's the challenging statement right out of the gate. It's like, oh, we think positivity to everything is great. But then you kind of ditch that, like you're saying, Mark, because we got to go deeper fast. We don't want to sit in that space of going good and bad and like, because it's so much more than that. And I think like this story, Lauren, for instance, could be, you know, if you use the one where you were at Starbucks, that's a great opening because you could turn it to the audience really quick. But then you could talk about this story at the Yankees and the player. And I think that's really good. I think that's really good to start getting into that space where you're going deeper. Um, then I think if you throw in some of this research, we really get it. And now you've taken some simple concept of like, how do we just be productive? And what I need is totally different than what you need and it's totally different than what Mark needs. And like, how do we get productive in any situation, whether good or bad too? Like, again, like we don't have to paint these, all the, all of, in fact, I would make an analogy. One of the times you should do a little story, Lauren, just to, just so that people know that productivity can also just be a hundred percent in a good situation. Again, you're an Olympic runner. You just, you need, you're already like the fastest person in the world. I, you know, like, how do you stay there? How do you like, it doesn't always have to be a negative. Yeah. Well, and it, it you know what, it's so true because I think that it, you know, a lot of people, they talk about, um, I mean, there's two sides to success, right? There's a good side and then there's a, and I want to get away from good and bad. There's a productive side, right? And there's an unproductive side. One is, uh, one is, you know, we succeeded. Another one is we start to take our foot off the gas. And so there is that side of success and there's that same side to failure. It's their productive side where we can learn from it. We can gain something from it. We can develop from it. Um, And then there's a side that can really limit us and hold us back. Um, and so it's super interesting, uh, just even thinking through these different areas and then there's that middle ground, right. Where maybe we're just maintaining and what does that look like in terms of productivity and like being unproductive in that as well. Um, so yeah, you guys are definitely making me think a little bit further about kind of how, like where I would take this in terms of story to be able to show the dimension of it. And that yeah. it is very dynamic. The full dynamic of, of that. You know, Lauren, now that I've heard you say it twice, Mark said it, and then you said it, I have to tell you what's bubbling up for me too, is maybe productive, unproductive. I, it's just a simple concept, but it's like, and then the way that you, that you start this thing is productivity is greater than positivity. And then you can kind of open with that, but you're quickly getting to like ever, even when people are maintaining you can't, there's no such thing as staying the same. You're either striving to get better or you're allowing yourself to get worse. So there really is no actual, there's no such thing as, as maintaining really, there just isn't. So if you are maintaining, you're just doing really small, you know, productivity, you're going in the way of productivity. As opposed you still to have the choice between those two. Yeah. And you're, and you're still if choosing you to make it the action item. Yeah. Still it just might not be grandiose. Right. Which it, it might not be like, it often yeah. isn't. Yeah, exactly. In fact, yeah. So maybe that's the space and maybe that's where you really tease it out is, is that that line is just the hook line to challenge people with the idea. But at the end of the day, it's like, 
how can we use productivity as a, you know, how do we create product, more productivity in our life? How do we, you know, maybe it's like, in, uh, you know, here, here, Mark, you know, I'm going to try to throw a concept <laughs> on this. I'm like, oh, you knew it was going to come out, right? Here it comes. I already started, I already started going there when I was like the productivity moment and thought and, you know, but what if it's the productivity, you know, ah, there's a word there. I'm, I'm trying to like, give it like a, or you call it a thing. Cause it's like, maybe it's the productivity choice. Maybe it's the choice. Well, maybe I do. I honestly, I, it's so funny because I said this earlier that we become elite by choice, not by chance. Yeah, no, totally. So maybe it's the productivity choice, like it's, doing whatever it takes to be productive instead of unproductive. Yeah. And like somebody, somebody asked me, they said, they said, Lauren, what is your definition of, um, what is your definition of people that are different than everybody else? And immediately my mind went from like average to, you know, elite, like that's a rare. And I said, the, the biggest difference is the choices that we make. Yeah. And I yeah. Really think that that's what it comes down to is a lot of the things that separates, um, you know, separates us, or at least puts us in a different position really comes down to the quality of our choices. Mm. And the, and also the meaning, I mean, I think that thing was really good too. the meaning that we attach to things as well, I think is really powerful, yeah. which drives the choices, right? Yeah. Because choice is one of those things that can never be taken away from us, but it can be forgotten. Yeah. There are yeah. even in any circumstance, no matter how bad the circumstance is, we always have a choice within it. We may not have the choices we want, but we yeah. always do have a choice. Like you may not have the opportunities you want, but you do have the opportunity to get better today. That's a yeah. choice. And that's a productivity thought, right? Because you, you could think about it different. Like the, the case with your parents getting divorced or Amber, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. Well, you know, normally too, like, you know, in this space, of giving a TED talk, Lauren, this is conversation one. Like by the time we come back and talk next time and, and by the time somebody actually sees your TED talk because this is he totally heading that way, they're gonna see it and go, oh my gosh, you could see the inklings of it, but it will probably <laughs> like, we just stripped it down. Like we just stripped it down. We challenged it. We tested it. We talked about it. We, we, we said, okay, these are the things that are wrong with like putting it in a box. We try to get it out of the box. We try to name it. Like we did so many things right now, you know? Um, I would love to know though, what you kind of think, like, how did, how did you change along this path of this conversation with your idea? Oh my gosh. There's so many things. I took a bunch of notes, but I think one of the biggest things that, that stood out to me is the, how good and bad really puts it in a box. And mm -hmm. so, and, and that's exactly the opposite of what we're trying to do. And so when I look at this, I'm like, Ooh, I need to get away from that good and bad and that right or wrong and get into productive versus unproductive. Cause that every, yeah. each and every one of us knows what that is for us. Yeah. Each and every one of us knows, is this a beneficial choice? Is this a, is this a productive choice or is this an unproductive choice? Mm -hmm. And so I think that, um, that that is a lot, that resonates way more and kind of gets yourself out of the box because it could be either or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love it, love it. Look at you, you, you even threw a metaphor there at the end. <laughs> <laughs> with the in the so box. I'm just gonna wait till the end and then I'm gonna throw them all at you. <laughs> you want metaphors and analogy? Just wait. Yeah, no, just but hold on. I, I think Lauren, it's really good. I mean, I feel like 
I feel like this conversation was so good. Like you're obviously amazing at your work and, um, but being able to box it up in like a, a 15 to 18 minute talk and give the Lauren Johnson magic away. That's what, that's why it, yeah. Right. Like that's what makes this so hard though. And that's what makes like giving a Ted talk, like a very, like, it's a choice yeah. to make a Ted, it's a choice to, to like say, Hey, I'm going to spend so much time trying to give this idea, this space and talk about it. And, you know, and like a Ted, you know, giving it in a Ted talk. So, yeah, well, um, I can't but, but, let me, mess with this too, and your feedback, because this is, you guys have made me think about a couple of areas where I'm like, Ooh, this is exactly where I need to, to drill down a little bit more. It's been very, I helpful. just want to say, I just want to say this also, um, and Kathy knows this. Every time we have these conversations, I feel like I walk away with something that I can apply in my own life. And so I do want to say to you, I know you work with athletes, but think about your stories today from the person who is grieving over somebody they've lost, from the person whose parents or family members might be going through a divorce, from the person who is not, does not have that level of self-awareness, athlete or non-athlete. What I love about the idea today and the idea that you would take upon a TED stage is not just an idea from a mental performance coach for athletes, mm -hmm. but it has become an idea, dare I say it, an idea worth spreading? An yep. idea worth spreading. <laughs> so many people on so many levels. Mm -hmm. And so I just really want to commend you on that because I think this idea has so much power to it. Well, thank you. Totally thank you. agree. And and I think, you know, Mark, thank you for like, you know, articulating that in, in such a powerful way because Lauren, I think that is what happened, you know, even during this conversation, even a little bit more is that is, I think when an idea becomes a really Ted worthy idea is when you are really do go, okay, get this idea out of the space that I sit in and make it applicable to make it as wide as possible, meaning as many people as it can reach as possible and then taking it as deep as possible. And we went, we started going down the depth route. So yeah, you're already going wider and deeper. And that is what makes this a phenomenal idea an idea worth spreading. Yeah. Oh, thank you guys so much. It, it does. It definitely means a lot coming from the two of you. Um, but sincerely, like you guys have given me a lot to think about and a lot in terms of I, and my brain is like turning a million miles a minute. So <laughs> I, I've got uh, to trust me, you guys are stuck with me now. So I'm going to be coming yes! back to you guys. Yes. This out. <laughs> oh, you're stuck with us, Lauren. And that's, that's <laughs> you, you just know that <laughs> we're a double team on you. Um, yes. but, um, yeah, Lauren. So why don't you tell everybody in our audience too, like if, if like, what's the best way for people to follow you, follow your wisdom, see, get, reach you or whatever. Yeah. So the best way to find me is on my website. It's go to my website, which is laurenjohnsonandco.com. And there you have all of my social handles are on there and there you can also sign up for my newsletter. And there's a form also on there if you'd like to work together to get in touch with me. Ooh, yeah, come on. Who wouldn't want some Lauren Johnson magic, right? Come on. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, just to close this out, Mark and I uh, really appreciate you, Lauren. And um, anybody else watching, if you want 
to, if you dare to sit with us and go, go through this <laughs> process of ripping apart your idea, um, reach, you know, go to our website at it's about to go down show.com and you can, uh, you can send us a message and be on our show. And so, uh, you know, until next time, Lauren, I just want to say thank you and your idea. Thank you for bringing your idea to us into the world. And I know it's going to be out there someday. And when it does, you'll be standing on a stage saying, it's about to go down. down. And by the way, when that happens, I need my hype people there. So I need- right, you got us. Woo! <laughs>